Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. All right, welcome to Miller and Williams here on, if you're watching live on YouTube, it's Thursday the 29th. If you are on the podcast feed, you are likely consuming this information glorious program on Friday the 30th of September only the YouTube audience will get this Miller you look like Jim Harbaugh you're are you are you trying to look like Jim Harbaugh today well I'm not trying to look like Harbaugh if you can see that right there those of you watching it's it does have a tiger hawk on it it is a live lucky but from this back distance I can see why you think I look like Jim Harbaugh plus I have the old man black you know what? I'm just a 50-year-old, sorry-ass, washed-up, Jim Harbaugh-looking dude. You're right. You're right. I'm a little pissed off by it. Should have thought about that in advance. Didn't, so I suffered I the consequences. I mean, I don't think you have to be that hard on yourself, guys. Listen, saying you, you look like Jim Harbaugh today. You've got that hat. You've got the glasses, just everything. You just kind of look like him. Well, it was kind of a you know anxious morning. Um, oh. I didn't plan on having the talk with my 13 oh. year old daughter on the way to oh, school today. No, but it just happened, but I'm glad that it happened. And I'm rather, she heard these important things from me as opposed to her friends, because it's never too early to teach your kids about compounding interest and the power of it and investing at an early age. And, uh, I think she took it well. She was blown away that just $20 a month at her age till she's 65 at a 6% annual rate of return gets her $79,000. Whereas if she just put $20 a month in her piggy bank from now till then, it'd only be 12,000 and some. So I think it was productive, but a little anxious. You're never prepared for that talk. It just kind of sneaks up on you. I, I, pull, I sucked you in there, did I? <laughs> well played, my friend. Hey, uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Prairie Meadows. Uh, get on out there this weekend, especially if you're an Iowa State fan, you're on the road, you're not going to Kansas, get on out and uh, hang out. Big weekend of thoroughbred and quarter horse racing coming up this weekend at Prairie Meadows, the presenting sponsor of Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. We got a lot to get to today. I want to start, though. Well, first of all, if you're an Iowa State fan, you're not going to, to Lawrence. What What's your problem? Well, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of people there. Of course, it's, it's Lawrence. It's a college football Saturday. Why, why wouldn't? I mean, it's going to be seventy nine. It's going to be seventy eight degrees. Is I mean, I'm looking to be there. Uh, she's not. What? She's going to visit. She's a, a big friend. fan. She's good. She, yeah, she is. She's going to visit uh, one of her, her. She's going to visit her best friend who attends uh, University of Oklahoma. So it's a big birthday bash down there. Um, VRBO and everything. So she will not be in Lawrence for the game. That's a that's a bummer. It that's is a bummer. bummer. Yeah. The, and, so, and she and she and I were talking. I'm sorry. She no, and I were ta- she and I were talking last week. We were had lunch together. And uh I was saying, you know, Iowa State's coming, you know, and she's like, Well, I won't be there. And she, she's like, gosh, if I was there, it'd be I really want to be there because you know, you bred into me this dislike of Iowa State. And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, did I, I did I really do that? And so oh, yeah. I asked, so I asked aloud to her, I'm like, Are you sure I did that? And she kind of gave me the stink eye, side eye, like, 
What you talking about, Willis? Of course you did that. And she recounted the ways and I, uh, you know, I had to agree with her that I did. And Own I up to it. Grace, we're both different people now. Uh, we are not forever condemned by the people in person that we used to be, which is what my, uh, on my Twitter uh, profile, that's a quote that I have that may be a John Miller original, you know, thankfully we are not always condemned to be the people that we once were and thinking the ways that we once thought. So yeah, I take ownership of that. I was hanging out with some Iowa state fans in the RV lot last weekend. And they're talking about the shows that what we're doing here at Iowa everywhere and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of it was like, Oh, I always thought, Hassel was a total douche. I like him. <laughs> Keep it like, these are Iowa State fans, okay? <laughs> and then one guy goes, one guy really appreciates you, and he's talking about you and like the change you've supposedly made over the years. Supposedly. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> so then this other guy, <laughs> Steve, he's my buddy. He goes, Yeah. He goes, Miller's big thing now is he's he talks for like three minutes about how he's changed and he doesn't make fun of Iowa State. And then two ma- minutes later, he takes a shot at Iowa State. Oh, Steve, <laughs> I'm going to need you to bring some receipts because what I'm <laughs> what I'm thinking is you are tuned oh. into the radio station mental signal that John Miller is going to say something that triggers me. So we tend to see what we shine our lights on in life. If you go looking for something, you're going to find it, even if it's tinfoil hat required to get there, Steve. So I'm challenging you to bring the receipts and tell me how I've done that. I think it's a you problem. I wanted to start. So suck it. <laughs> I wanted to start with. Um your sports betting journey and then get into realignment. Ooh. Cause I think that some stuff's heating up again. So I, I was just very refreshed last week where I start getting text messages with like eight game parlays from you. And then it, it's, it steams out at the end. I think you go seven for seven, you miss at the end, which is really freaking hard to do. Like, so 17 parlay probably would have paid off what? Like 16, 1700. Something like uh, that. Like, yeah, the the eight team I mean, was plus the the eight team where I played was plus eighty four twenty two. Oh, then you would have been a lot higher than that. Okay. Yeah, it'd um, probably been plus five thousand. Um, so that's that's brutal. Like that you that you go yeah. that far, and then I'm like, oh, he's he's all he's out of it now. And then I wake up Sunday. Miller's got a couple more parlays, and it's like, oh man, uh, we what, we we have created a monster here. I love it. He's back. I love it. Yeah. So, so yeah, the seven-teamer, everyone's like, hey, why didn't you hedge that knowing that the first seven hit and, you know, you had a half-hour window till the Ohio State-Wisconsin game started. And my eighth leg of the eight-leg parlay, I took the under at like 56-and-a-half on Wisconsin and Ohio State. Now, I live in Missouri, and Missouri does not have legal sports wagering. I live about 15 minutes from the Missouri-Kansas border. Kansas has legal sports betting. So if I would have been in Kansas, I would have hedged. So I put $40 on this eight leg, which is dumb. 40 bucks is way too much to wager on. Yeah, you need to put like 10 max. Learning (laughs) lessons, Chris. Learning (laughs) lessons, all right? All right. So I put 40 on it. And obviously... You know, at that point in time, if I would have been able to hedge it, I would have gone and thrown a couple grand down on the over on Ohio State 
um, in Wisconsin. Not that I would normally wager a couple grand on a game. It's just that if the eight legger hit, I was going to make like 33, 3,400 bucks. So I probably would have hedged like $1,500. I'd have gone and made a wager on the other side. So worst case is I would have made $1,500 on a $40 wager, right? So that would have been the thing to do. But I couldn't do that. Um, I didn't have time to get to the room to make a run to the board. Let it ride, baby. So I let the baby ride and it sucked. But the thing (laughs) is, when I went on Saturday morning to place my wagers, you know, I'm doing the uh, the overpass uh, thing. So I take the first exit once I get in to Kansas from where I live in Missouri and I take the exit and then I pull over on the shoulder of the, you know, the exit ramp complex. There's five or six other cars parked oh, on the, the shoulder under the overpass. And I'm like, these got these people got to be doing the same thing I'm doing. So I did my <laughs> business. I pull away and I'm like looking and it's all people like me. <laughs> Just one solo dude in the car, flashers on hazards, sitting there with their phones making their wagers. And I begin to feel convicted, like, is this really a path you need to go down, John? So anyhow, that it's was all Saturday. For the, it's all for podcast fodder. It is. It really is. It's yeah. all for the show. It's all yeah. for the show. And then so I, I missed out on my uh, my eight-legger. I also missed out on a 10-legger. That would have paid me four hundred thousand dollars. These are sucker bets. What they are, are they are, but I got nine out of ten on the ten legger. Okay, that'd have paid four hundred grand. But hey, you know, I'm nine and three on my picks this year, right? You know that. That's right? even more important. That's more important. So I'm like, you know what? Fade I got I, I got to be down. I made up some excuse to get to Kansas on Saturday morning before the NFL kicked off, and pulled over onto the lonely the lonely highway there. And uh, an autumn, you know, FanDuel at that particular, I would, I'm new to this, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, circa whomever, I, I'll go where we go, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go where we go. Well, that's why I was wondering, who's your book down there? Because, like, I don't even know what books are in Kansas. Name it. Like, my Twitter They're all there. Full okay. advertisements for all of them. Uh, so I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm blocking them. I'm blocking okay. them. So, Wager like like a, a a generated same game parlay pops up, okay, and it was no, it was for Monday night, and it's for well maybe it was Sunday, I don't know, whatever the San Francisco or no the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Anyway, so four teamer pops up says uh, you know Zeke fifty six and a half over um, Saquon Barkley seventy seven and a half yards, Cowboys plus one and a half, and then there was another, so it was a four leg same game parlay. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I threw some money at one, 400 bucks. All right. So essentially here's where we're at. All right. I funded my account with a grand, not saying I'm going to wager a grand, but that was an even number. So I can see a line of demarcation. I guess a hundred would have been even too. So I made my waiters on Saturday and I, a couple, uh, so I made, I made a, um, I got a boosted wager, like plus, I don't know, plus two or 200 or something on Kansas yeah. and Duke. So I leaned heavy into that. I think I might have put a C note on it because I thought for sure can- Kansas on the money line it was like plus two hundred oh, plus three hundred on the money line. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that line a lot of that one got split because it got up to nine and then it got back down to seven and it kind of depended yeah. on when you, when you got it right. the week. 
Right. So it was a boosted, you know, FanDuel chose to boost that wager to get people to get in, you know, to, you know, feed the beast, give the kids free crack. Okay. Yeah. So I took advantage of them. So basically every, every play I had on Saturday was quote unquote free because that one hit, I felt really good about that one hit. And so I leaned harder into it. So I, I, then I hit the, the plus three or plus $400 one on the, the Monday night NFL parlay. So I'm coming into this week at $1,400. Okay. Yeah. After all the zaniness and craziness of missing out on the parlays, I'm plus four hundred dollars. You know, so plus. Got any whatever. hot plays? Any any big tips for the audience? <laughs> I don't. Team parlays. I, throw I, at the I'm, audience. I'm not. I'm not going to share my picks ever um, in advance of the games happening because you do not do what I do. As you know, you, it's silliness. I love playing parlays. So this week, last night, I don't even know how many wagers I have. I was in a car yesterday for an hour, took Grace to an appointment. So I'm sitting in Kansas. I got $10 on this, $5 on this, $20 on this, $10 on this, you know? So, but what I did, <laughs> cumulatively, let's just say that um, I'm still playing on house money. I am not playing any into my own money that I funded with, Attaboy. but it should be a really exciting weekend. I got more parlays going this week that I even I need a spreadsheet to track them. My, no, you you know what you need um, for real, and then you can follow me, and I can follow you, and we can get notifications when the other one makes a bet. The Action Network, okay, it's awesome. It's it's basically like Facebook for gamblers. That's awesome. Yeah. The so the action network. And the, I'll share with you my username and then like say we can get notifications when the other one makes a bet, which is that's fun. fun. And then yeah, you that's can, like, real fun. Yeah. And you can like then I can cheer for you. Yeah. Uh to, to win. And, I, and you can or Steve can literally... if we get if we get Steve involved in this, he can get notifications for me and cheer against me when I make my wagers. Steve's an all timer. You would you would love him. I don't know if he'll love you, but you would love him. You listen, you've been you you've been around me in person. To know me is to love me. <laughs> this Period. <is> true. <laughs> After all so, we've been through, we're still here. We we're still here. I, I do want to say this, and I don't mean this as your typical, you know, whatever you're saying caveat. Th to me, this is pure entertainment. All right. No doubt. I, I am not wagering anything that is going to cause me an ounce of consternation if I lose it. And if for whatever in if for whatever reason my initial funding goes to zero this year, I'm done till next college football season. I told my spouse, I told my wife what I was doing so that she's on the same page. So I put up boundaries around myself to protect myself from my own personal nature. So mm -hmm. If you're not doing that in your life and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go play. Miller got so close on these. He almost won $400,000. I didn't. I didn't. Don't don't wager funds that you can't afford to lose. So I mean that. I do it. It's it, this is I think you, you and me have very similar personality traits. I've learned. I do it. It's like a personal competition. Yeah, every, it's competition. It, That's it. It's not. And I don't even do it on money. Mine goes off of units. Everything okay. I do is unit based okay. and I want to hit better than I did the year before. Yeah. Sure. And it like, that's why I start like it. I'm not cashing any of this money to go and pay for my daughter's daycare. Like, right. None of it. It's right. A unit to me is $10. Right. Right. So we're not talking a lot of Jack here. So yeah, it's right. a, 
for me, I, like I study all off season because I love just, I like thinking that I'm sharp, even though I'm not, but I, I like, you know, I waited last week and, and I bet the Kansas game when it hit seven. Right. And then they won by eight and it made me feel smart, but nine times out of 10, I'm probably going to bet it at nine and then it's going to drop to seven. Like I realized this, but well, it's, you know, it's when, all about personal competition. When this, when this football season's over, we can compare bankrolls and see if the research paid off versus the dumbass well, who's just what, flying blind. But let me play it to you like this. And I'll speak your language. It's a lot like handicaps in golf, the unit-based yeah. system. So, yeah. like, one guy's unit may be $100. Well, I can't afford that, uh, uh, but it's a $10 to me. If you play a unit-based system, I'm, I right? know. We can, we, can, we, can create, we can create a mathematical um, equation yeah. to, to compare units. Perfect. Sound good? And that's, that's oh, not yeah. saying my units are 100 I haven't made a hundred dollar no, bet. But I, what I'm saying though, like you, you can do money. these competitions with your buddies, and if you're right, right, right. Little, it's not all about how much money you okay. have. Okay, I like I, I like what you're I like what you're saying. And next year, you know what? I'm I'm not sure I'm going to do college basketball because that just seems oh, I don't it's know. a blast. Early season college basketball. Oh, all right. man, okay. there's so much out there. College basketball. I'll hey, you want to really get hot? You start betting NASCAR with me, baby. No. Matchups? No. no. See, what we have here is a budding problem. Oh, because you're betting NASCAR? Enticing you. Oh, no. I'm sorry. WNBA solved. unders? Oh. <laughs> oh. You said earlier that you and I were a lot alike, and I'm starting to believe that. I was an alcoholic. <laughs> Um, I, I am all or nothing. And, and I remember the crypto phase. <laughs> it's hey, that's not past tense. It's just sleeping right now. Okay, we or got out generational buying winner. opportunities. We, winner, crypto winner. But I'm just saying though, is I'm I I put boundaries around myself. You have to with no no with um accountability partner, which is my wife. I let her know these things that I do I, that are I potential that was be me problems. Uh, if I see too much on the Action Network okay. app, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna take screenshots of this weekend's bets for you. After hey, this uh, is Miller, over. You say, hey, Miller, one eight hundred bets off. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, but it's, it's a good it's competition. Everything I do for fun. I'm, I'm not joking, you, Chris. Every single thing in my life that I do for fun outside of work is competition based golf i usually golf by myself i count every stroke because i am trying to beat the best i've ever done yesterday oh, I, yeah. I was si first six holes i was one over okay i'm fixing to go in the 30s on a nine hole at my club which is not an easy place to play then i go double double triple and i'm so pissed off so pissed off and but that's it. That's the beauty of it. I love it. I could at you know at night, a few nights a week, I play Xbox with my friends on headsets in a first person shooter game, and it's tactical. It's competition. All I do is competition. So I get it. That's it. It's not about it's not about the Benjis. Um, let's get into this realignment report from Dennis Dodd. I believe a yeah. Kansas City guy. Doesn't Dennis live in Kansas City? I, I think, think he. he li I think he's yeah. Missouri based. Yeah. Um. Now, not to be arrogant here, he didn't report a lot of new stuff. Right. But the fact that he was reporting it means something because he's been around for so long and is and is one of the 
trusted guys. But ba- I'm, I'm just going to read from the CBS report from Dennis Dodd, and then we can break it down. I pulled out a few key paragraphs. The, the lead is the Big Ten's continued pursuit of four Pac-12 schools is leading to concern that another round of expansion could collapse the Pac-12. Industry sources tell CBS Sports. This, as Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren continues to seek an offer from Amazon or potentially another partner for additional Big Ten football media rights revenue, an offer deemed substantial enough would likely convince Big Ten presidents that California, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington would be valuable additions to the league from the Pac-12. The figure is believed to be less than $100 million annually. Now, he goes on to say if that would happen, uh, he's reporting that the Big 12 would likely get Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, which has been out there for a long time now. Oregon State and Washington State would go to the Mountain West Conference. I just think it's interesting. Here you have the the Big 10 just signs a record-breaking TV deal, and they want more, according to – this report from Dennis Dodd. Now, John, first of all, like what, what what's your takeaway when you read this as far as timeline goes? Because I thought a little bit of me thought when the Big Ten makes this announcement, they ink that deal, they turn down money from Amazon. Amazon reportedly offered more to the Big Ten than CBS NBC did. They take less to get that network television spot. I thought at that time, man, we're probably in the at least 10 years away from more expansion if the Big Ten wanted to do it. This makes me think that this might not be dead. I don't think it's dead. I think it's fait accompli. It's just a matter of when. And I think that the creating travel partners for USC and UCLA is very important. So I think that this is going to happen and it probably is going to be those four schools. And also if you include Cal in it, you might reduce some of the heat that the uh, California legislature board of regents is trying to throw at UCLA's way saying that UCLA can't leave the league because it's going to cause harm to other, you know, California regent member schools, whatever. So I think it's going to happen. I think why didn't it happen a few months ago? I think it comes down to logistics and I think it comes down to inventory management. I don't think there was enough space for an Amazon carve out relative to what the big 10 wound up signing just a month ago to TV windows, you know, the 11 o'clock window, the three o'clock window, then the primetime window. All right. On a, on a, on a college football Saturday. I don't think there was enough of a carve out because NBC wanted in, They paid probably more than market, and that also helps them get some games on Peacock, their fledgling streaming network, which is important to them to get more and more eyeballs familiar with and subscribing to Peacock. But I think what this will become is an additional logistical opportunity and an logistical TV window. I don't think there's any more room for another partner on Saturdays. There's not. There's no more room unless you create a new window and you can't, I I guess you could create a late night at pack 12 after dark window. That's possible. Okay. But that's very, very regional. I, but you can't create a nine 30 central time in the morning window either. I don't think you can do that. I think this will be 
Amazon will come in. The hundred million dollars, what he's saying, if that's the number, if that's if that's the number that the other partners are comfortable with, um, relative to not watering down the money each school is going to get, let's just assume that's let's hypothetically assume that's fact. Hundred million dollars, Amazon writes a check for a hundred million dollars for Big Ten Friday Night Football. Friday Night Football yeah. on the Big Ten for Big Ten does not compete with the NFL on Thursday nights. Um, there may be a couple of games on ESPN that nobody wants to watch. Uh, you know, it's it's the the Mac and um, some others, but nothing really compelling. Nothing as compelling as you would see relative to a Big Ten Friday night spot. That's so you, what I think is going to happen. You think it would be like a real game then, and they're not just going to put Indiana and Illinois in that spot? That's a real game. I mean, you know that's, what I mean. That, that, that's that's better than Kent State versus Ball State. So, so the reason I asked the question the way that I did is if you read a lot of reporting on this, there's going to be X amount of Big Ten schools that are anti doing this. And it seems to be a lot of those lower end football schools that don't want to basically be forgotten about, right? To be the, the ones on streaming all the time, putting all of our games on Peacock. Because Iowa, Michigan's never going to be on Amazon on a Friday night. Right. Ever. No, you, you're right. So, so it, they have to get the votes is what I'm saying. So I'm just curious, like how, I don't know. I mean, I'm just talking through this thing here. Um, but it's from what I've read, there's going to be a, you know, a, a vocal, a vocal part of the big 10, probably your Northwesterns that are, fighting they don't want any more expansion but they won't win i i don't think they're going to win because so you're saying let me ask you a question off of your hypothetical yeah northwesterns of the world are going to fight expansion because they don't want to be relegated to bad tv windows is that your yeah i mean just generally less exposure okay so uh as you and i've talked before and as you're acutely aware of the revenues relative to federal grant dollars that are generated and then resources that get pooled from an academic alliance dwarf, dwarf the monies that we're talking about relative to football and sports contracts, maybe 7x, maybe 10x, right? Mm-hmm. So when these presidents of Northwestern and other Big Ten schools see the opportunity to welcome Stanford, Cal, two amazing academic institutions. Washington taken Stanford over UCLA in the first place, in my opinion. But yeah, I don't disagree. Um, Washington and Oregon are also members of the AAU. I'm just telling you. I think at some point in time, the presidents are going to want are going to want to win. They're going to win. I think this happens too. I just from what I've read, just from a pure football standpoint i don't think this is great for iowa for what it's worth i mean you're looking you're you're staring down the barrel of the end of the big 10 west um i mean if will they geographically because of where they're at in the big 10 have to go west more is that how or is it just going to be a rotating what's okay what's so let's say a flight from usc to Iowa on a charter is what two out two and a half hours, maybe three, three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's say probably. it's three. How, how, how long is that charter from 
USC to uh, Ohio State? Four? Maybe another hour of flight time? Yeah. God, it seems like when you fly west, it just takes longer. But Well, because it, it is farther. But I know living in Kansas City, I can get to Atlanta in 90 minutes on a plane. I can get to Cleveland in 90 minutes on a plane. It's more the time zone thing, isn't it, though? I mean, why do all these Big Ten and Big 12 teams always lose when they go out west? Like it, they're, For sure. Right, it screws sure. your clock up, like that type of deal. And I don't, don't even know. I, I don't know. I, I'm Pacific, just... Pacific to East Coast is a three-hour time zone difference. You're right. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm just saying I don't see this as a, um, as a deal breaker. I think it no. happens, and I think it's Friday night Big Ten football. And yeah, you're right. the 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 end of the Big Ten West isn't great for Iowa. Um, you know, it's a pretty favorable division to be in uh, relative to Iowa's punching power or, or punchlessness, as we'll talk about here before we're done today. But I, I just, it is what it is. I mean, hey Iowa, hey Northwestern, um, you're getting eighty million dollars a year. Deal with it. I don't believe Northwestern. A... Go build your new like middle of the pack Premier League soccer stadium that you're looking to build in in Evanston. You know? They can tell me whatever they want. I don't believe for a second that USC and UCLA just openly agreed to do this without talking about having traveling partners. No doubt. Prior to making this jump, no I doubt just about. Don't believe it. I don't there's, believe it. There's, there's no doubt. I totally agree. We're talking Game of Thrones here. We're talking, you know. We're talking multiple houses and the big 10 right now is in a really, really good position. I think better than the sec. And I am not one of those guys that has a, a, a big 10 banner on the other side of this TV that you can't see. I'd never do a big 10 chant like the sec fans do for the sec. I, I think it's so stupid. I don't get $1 from Iowa getting $80 million by being the big 10. Yeah. And your so ticket could, prices aren't going to go down either folks. Well, yeah, and I'm—I mean, I'm not a—I'm not a. You know what I'm I not mean? A, yeah, you're right. So I don't care about that. I talk about this from the standpoint of Chris. Again, I talk about this, and a lot of the things I talk about—it's a matter of competition. I love mm -hmm. being right, and I love, and I know you love analyzing the business of college athletics. And when you're a a sports talk show host or a podcaster, it's competition. We want to be right. Unlike some hosts that will just say things to get you agitated to call in, which I did for a previous part of my life, but I prefer to be right. I love the competition of analysis. I love saying things or bringing up topics to you or anybody that you might say, huh? Gosh, right. yeah. I, ne I never thought about that, you know? So, all right, anyway. well, I'll roll this into the big 12 in my conspiracy theory here. I know I've touched on this before. Uh, there's a lot of reporting that Brett, you Mark and, Kevin Warren are quite chummy. You did talk about that. Um, a little bit more that we found out this week in this Dodd report. That sounds like it's like a investigation, like into the president or something. Dennis Dodd's report on this was wondering where you're going. So I've been reporting to my premium subscribers at Cyclone Fanatic for well over a year now. Amazon's interest in the Big Twelve. I have pretty good sources. And this, this helps the Big 12 for a couple of reasons. If 
if if Amazon and the Big Ten get into bed in any capacity, this helps the Big 12. And let me explain why. There's the obvious reason that if the Big Ten comes in and further disrupts the Pac-12, clearly those schools are going to now look at their current situation and say, this isn't sustainable for us. Now the Big 12 is the clear-cut option. Good for the Big 12. More importantly... I think Amazon is much more likely to throw a big number at the Big 12 if it's not just bidding on the Big 12 because that's not much of a college football destination. But if Amazon can say, okay, we're going to have our Friday night Big 10 game of the week or whatever, and we're going to have one Big 12 game a week. Maybe it's on a Friday as well. Maybe they have two games going. I don't know. Maybe it's on a Wednesday. It's not crazy. Plus, we're going to feature X amount of Big 12 basketball games per year, the premier conference in college basketball. Um, I I think that the – I think Amazon's a much more likely landing spot if you're not alone there on an island. I don't think that the Big 12 alone is a big enough of a splash for Amazon, but I think that if you can kind of be in partnership there with the Big 10, the other part of this conspiracy theory – and I did not know this until yesterday in this Dodd report, is that Endeavor, which owns the UFC, they own dozens of minor league baseball teams across the country. They are the media advisor for both the Big Ten and the Big 12. Mm. And it's just looking more and more to me that these two conferences have a lot of the same interests going forward. So just that is my conspiracy theory. Um, these two new commissioners, right, not from college athletics, it would make sense for them to have common interest to be buddying up with one another. Same media rights uh, advisors. Right. And the money aspect for the Big 12. I, I think that if you're an Iowa State fan watching this, you should be watching it very closely, what the Big Ten is doing. I think you made a lot of really good reads. Um, now we'll see over time if they prove to be accurate, but I consider them good um, in the base human way because I thank them too. So of course I think you're brilliant. Um, Amazon is, I mean, if you ask somebody what's Amazon, what do they do? What are they at their core? They are the greatest logistics company in the history of logistics, maybe, you know, UPS, things like that. But Amazon is a bundling and logistics marketing company. Amazon prime is one of the most genius business decisions in the history of business. You basically get people to pay you a hundred bucks a year to get things faster or more conveniently delivered to your house. Then they worked out the logistics to where they could make that work. It was a loss leader for a long time, but that monthly rep, the annual revenues that they get from their prime subscription service pays a lot of bills in their Thursday night football, the sales of uh, Amazon prime subscriptions since the start of this year have gone through the freaking roof with the launch of Thursday night football on Amazon. Okay. So Amazon has a history of overpaying as first-to-market mover. That is their story. Mm -hmm. They lost money forever, but they were the first-to-market mover. 
And there are so many business advantages when you are a first to market mover. I'm doing it right now in the energy company that I am with two other people. We are building out technology at an undisclosed location and we are patenting what we're doing from this build out. First to market, market mover, huge advantages. I think that Amazon would be willing to overpay to carve out this niche for themselves. And you're bringing it together with the Big 12 and the Big 10. I could see Amazon overpaying for a football, and this is a multiple package. I love your basketball game commentary. I think that's the cherry on top for Amazon to recover some revenues. Why not every other week? One week it's a Big 12 game. One week it's a Big 10 game on Friday night. That helps Northwestern pipe down. And you tell everyone in the Big Ten that this is a this is a you know seven year agreement, whatever it is, and each Big Ten school is going to play at least one time on Friday nights during this time. So Gene Smith sitting down next to the athletic director for Northwestern, you know, it's like, hey, Ohio State's going to be on it. Yeah, we're all so doing this. We're yeah. all doing this. And then the Big 12 is just in a totally different spot, too, where they just they need and want revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to be much more willing to jump into the digital sphere. Now, it's, it's not going to be exclusive. I think when people hear Amazon and Apple and whatnot, like they're like, oh, all of our games are going to be on Prime. No, but I actually think if, if gun to my head right now, I think it's ESPN. I think it's Fox. I think there's an Amazon component for the Big 12. I think that they're kind of the – last league that's kind of dipping its toes into everything with its new deal. But I absolutely, and again, my sources have been telling me this for well over a year about Amazon, not only ambition, John into college athletics. Hey, we're, we're going to overpay you, but we would like all of your team stores on Amazon. We would like to put data centers on all of your universities there's so much that Amazon can do to make this money back once they start dipping into these college campuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's where people got to really expand their minds here when it comes to this. It's, it's, um, it's going to be fascinating. I think that Amazon is a much more likely partner for all of these spots than Apple because Apple, as we've seen in sports streaming, has been very strategic uh, with the way that they're doing things. Amazon wants rights. Like Amazon has right. true ambition to take on ESPN in the next decade. And if you tell people at Amazon that, they're going to be like, no, we want to do it before that. You watch sure. when this new playoff deal comes out. You, t- I'll bet you money Amazon will have a game because they're going to offer up enough money. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt that. I mean, the most valuable real estate in television and maybe all of entertainment right now is live sporting event rights. It just is because it is the the best way to avoid people fast forwarding through commercials. And um, there is a very compelling reason to watch sports live. And that makes it, in my opinion, easier to sell and get advertisers on board. Not to mention just a lot of people watch football. So. All right. We got a couple other topics we wanted to touch on here. Uh, We'll get to Iowa football iowa michigan here in a minute of course iowa iowa state at kansas we've, we've confirmed that little gracie will be in norman this weekend which is disappointing uh i thought that she may go back to her roots and potentially cheer on the home state cyclones 
the Iowa State University down there at, um, in Lawrence. Her roots uh, were planted in a different grove. Did you so. watch? Uh, you, you're the one that wanted to touch on this. I, I've I've picked most of the meat off of this bone, but the I'm, I'm sure you've seen the targeting and the unsportsmanlike yes. and that horrible block below the waist call on Anthony Johnson. That mm-hmm. that second worst call I've seen ever in Jack Trice Stadium was that one. Hmm last week that was by far the worst of the three um you wanted to discuss do we really think that refs have it out for us right i framed that correctly you did and and steve turn up the volume right now okay um (laughs) he's he's gonna eat this up so such a dick i really want to ask a question are you asking me or like the audience? You you are you are the representative okay. of the Iowa State fan base. Okay. 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 That I have in front of me right now. Steve is unavailable. So do you believe that the refs have it out for Iowa State or they made some very bad calls, which they made bad calls. Those were bad calls. I am not saying that Iowa State fans shouldn't be upset and frustrated by those calls. But do you think that there is a organized plot against Iowa State to keep the Cyclones down? Or was it just bad calls? No, I don't believe that this is organized in any fashion. I think that okay. they're just bad officials. Just bad officials. That I think- is... That's where Occam's it, route leads you, yes. I think it is a very real thing that officiating in the Big 12 is just not good in general. Correct. So we agree with that. Those are two very logical things. And and before Iowa State fans run to my Twitter feed and do an advanced Twitter search on John complaining about officiating in Iowa games, let me just save you the time. <laughs> I have, and I will again. <laughs> but it is not based on a belief that the officials are coming to get the team I cheer for. It's just that they are human and there will be bad calls. And I don't believe that there's malice involved. I did listen to Jordan Bohannon and Jared Stanberry's podcast where Jay Bo said that he felt that 20% of the losses that Iowa had during his career were fixed by officials. I disagree with that. I think that that uh, and and that is being I respect that Jordan is privy to more conversations, comments that refs make and things like that, that I don't have. I just think that that is an obscenely high number that would involve uh, a conspiracy that would involve multiple officials, multiple people being in on this as well. And one thing I know from being a human is that the more people that are aware of something like this. It does not stay secret. It does not stay below the radar. So I don't think that there's some grand conspiracy. Can there be rogue officials here and there? Absolutely. But I just don't think it's a conspiracy against our team. So the bigger thing I wanted to bring up with this is maybe maybe penalties should be reviewable. And I realize that is going to slow things down. But some type of system that says you get Coaches uh, once or twice a game can have a review for a penalty, two minutes, you know, some type of time limit on it. But a coach can have an official review it to say whether or not that was an accurately called penalty. Maybe it's just once a game, okay? But give 
give a coach an option to do that. Because again, these refs are human. They can't see everything. And sometimes they think they see things that they don't see because the game and pace is going so quickly. And we've complicated the game so much too. I mean, refs 20 years ago didn't have to worry about targeting, right? Like, right. It's just, I I don't even know really what targeting is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know what it was meant to be. I've said this a million times this week. There's got to be discretion. There's got to be a flagrant one and a flagrant two when it comes to that. Like, bro, Bo Freeler shouldn't have been kicked out of the game. Right. I agree. I agree. Um. Yeah, you got anything else on that? I, I really no, don't. No, I don't. I don't. About it, it's, a lot. I'm not taking shots at Iowa State fans. Listen, no, I y'all's, y'all's reaction are very human, understandable. I think it's just a case of bad officiating. I don't think people are out to get Iowa State. We are really or any fan base, but we're so tired of the Big Twelve thing, though. That's yeah, I get it. Yeah, you guys have li- you guys have lived with horrible officiating for a long time, no doubt about it. So I, I and, get the frustration. I just don't think it's they're out to get us. I think they just suck. Bruns, did you listen to Bruns's reaction? Part of it. No, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to all of it. So he he explained it really well, like. Because a lot, I had a lot of Iowa fans reaching out to me during that game and saying, "Hey, why does why why does the officiating suck so much in this league?" Because mm-hmm. you guys were ticked because of the Cyhawk game, so all these Iowa fans were commenting to me because those were Big Twelve reps. And and I thought Bruns, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, he I thought he explained it pretty well how this league has ended up where it has when it comes to the. You get a lot of young guys who are starting out and then they move up, right? And they get paid more in the other leagues and then they end mm. up in the NFL. And then you have to st- – it's kind of like a farm system for the leagues that pay more. It's, Maybe they could get Amazon to cut out a little spiff to well, pay the officials more. Isn't it part of the – shouldn't that uh, – you, you're kind of kidding. But the more money we're making – like, shouldn't we consider making these guys full-time employees? The, the, and the, con- them- the conference, yes. The, the schools need to agree to give the conference the autonomy to carve out 1%, whatever it is, yes. to increase the pay pool to develop and retain competent officials, yes. Especially with gambling. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot more I, on the line now. I think the member institutions should demand it because Iowa State, you can't afford – when you have a great season and you're competing for a championship, that something like that can basically take away your opportunity to advance your brand. At Iowa State is good enough where you can usually overcome one terrible thing, maybe sometimes two. On a game like the Baylor thing, I mean, they basically were unless spotted. you're playing against Iowa's unless you're playing against Iowa's offense and you can overcome five of them. Baylor's a lot better than Iowa, right? Like so, oh, like yeah. to me, like they they were not spotted Baylor still Iowa State could have done things I, I acknowledge all of that but I mean Iowa State had stopped Baylor on those drives mm-hmm. I was listening to it and Baylor ends up with 14 points Iowa State is was just not good enough of a football team to overcome that mm-hmm. they're just and they probably won't be like this is not a deal where you're at Iowa State can have that much more talent than the good teams in your league ever mm-hmm so mm-hmm. that's what made it a very frustrating day. Yeah. At Jack Trice Stadium. I get it. Um is Spencer Petrus, John, going to be Iowa's last cement shoed quarterback? Is this the end of an era this year in Iowa City? 
gosh, I hope so, Chris. I was thinking about that this weekend and watching pretty much every other football game that I watch that I keep seeing these quarterbacks keeping drives alive with their feet. It doesn't mean they're running for first downs necessarily, although some do. It just means they're able to buy themselves more time in the pocket to scramble and get away from that first rush of the defender with good pocket presence, but also good footwork, lateral quickness that gets them out of the pocket, looking downfield, then making the decision, should I throw it or should I run it? Iowa doesn't have that with Spencer Petras. They didn't have that with Nate Stanley. They had that to a degree with C.J. Beathard, but they didn't with Jake Rudock. Uh, they didn't really with Ricky Stanzi. Um, and they didn't with Jake Christensen. They did a little with Drew Tate, and they certainly did with Brad Banks. But by and large, the theme is, is yeah. that Iowa typically brings in statuesque, cement-footed, pro-style, prototypical, old pro-style quarterbacks. Pro style anymore to me, it's change. Look at the NFL. Look at what you're seeing. Look at the, you know, look at the quarterbacks that are now starting to come into this league and are changing things in the way that the game is played. Then you see it even more in college, more dual threat quarterbacks in college. High school, I would bet it's 90%. 90% of offense around the country in high school is shotgun with a quarterback that can move his feet. So that's only going to become more and more prevalent in college. And Iowa's present system is only going to become more ossified and archaic. I'm hoping that Spencer Petra, Spencer Petrus is the last dinosaur. I don't know if your kids ever watched that movie. Um, It's not worth it. Um, He may be the last dinosaur for Iowa because Iowa cannot continue to a even recruit quarterbacks that can't extend drives with their feet they also need to change just formationally the way that they do things they can continue to run most of the same plays and concepts and even schemes that they are running now should Kirk Ferentz choose to do that but they can run it out of the gun they can bring in a little more pistol that shotgun snap just would give the it gives the quarterback more time to read and assess and also gives them better mental headspace that they're already back five yards when they take that snap and they might hop back a couple of steps. So they're now at seven yards of depth. And they've done that in less than half the time, probably less than a third of the time that it would have taken to drop back, then get set up. Half the time that they, half of their count, one, two, three. Ball's got to be gone. Three mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. Half of that time under center is spent getting back into position. So that decreases the amount of time that the quarterback has to make a decision. Read, scan, decide, go. You only got a second to a second and a half to do that at best when you're under center and dropping back. When you're a shotgun, you get at least two seconds. And that is a huge difference. So Iowa needs to change they need to be a shotgun base. Because I, I tweeted out to Scott Dockerman before we did this, and Doc hasn't gotten back to me, nor is Doc, you know, uh, he's not Google. He's not obligated to reply. I just have a high opinion of him figuring he had the stat. I said, what percentage of Iowa's shotgun snap plays wind up being running plays? My guess, it's maybe 10%. 
when I was back in shotgun, it is a huge tell that they are going to pass the ball. You need to not be that. So Alex Padilla, if he's around next year, he can, he can, we've seen that he can extend plays with his legs. He wasn't a great runner in high school, by the way. Then you've got Joe Labus on campus. Labus, yeah. Labus, I'm not Padilla, sure. Padilla, though, like you put him next to Petrus, and I mean, hell, you would look mobile. Yeah, you're right. Good, good, good point. <laughs> you you might be surprised that in high school, Spencer Petrus averaged uh, he had 533 rushing yards. That includes sacks yards taken away. Hmm. Um, Padilla had negative 28, the best I could tell from wow. Max Preps. I don't know if that's right or not, but Padilla clearly a better uh, runner. Joe Labus, um, if you it, just pure plays, sacks are counted. So sack yards taken away. He averaged 2.84 yards per carry, 196 career attempts, 557 yards. But if you take the sacks out, is 147 for 741. So five yards a carry. Um, Carson May on campus, the kid from Oklahoma in his career uh, running the ball, um, 329 rushing attempts for 1,360 yards. So he and I watched I watched all of these guys high school huddle films this weekend just because I wanted hope. May May is probably more of a pocket passer, but he can do things if he gets outside the pocket to keep a play alive. Um, then Marco Lanai from or Lanez from New Jersey, um, his senior season is ongoing. 131 career attempts, 707 yards, 5.4 yards. The kid from Florida that somehow miraculously committed to Iowa a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was 90, the day after the Iowa State game. Right. right. I mean, just, yeah. I don't know. James Reeser, 90 career attempts, 828 yards, 9.2 yards per attempt, and the kid is, is a blazer. So I think we may be – Iowa may have an opportunity – to put the concrete shoe era behind them. Will, Will Kirk the, Ferentz make the decisions <laughs> position uh, 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 formationally, schematically yeah, that's the key. to help I mean, them? Because if you have a guy that can come in and run well, but you're, you're, you're hamstringing him under center, yeah, 80% of your snaps, it's a fail. It doesn't matter. Because again, the processing time that I laid, laid out for you earlier is such a huge, huge thing and the benefit the biggest benefit of going out of shotgun all the time is that, well, John, it'll take away our quarterback sneak. F it. It'll take away your quarterback sneak. Who gives it? I mean, who cares? I'm trying to keep this safe for the kids here, Chris, but I would like to have sworn twice right there. I'll say it. Who gives this shit? Damn, we just lost the <laughs> under eight-year-old demographic. I got to put. I gotta check explicit now. Dang it. Um, Iowa, Michigan, Iowa State, Kansas. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I would I, I would bet Michigan if I had to. I wouldn't touch this game though because right, it's a weird game to me. I'm I am pretty confident in Iowa State. This I like a bounce back for. I was I like the fact that everybody's talking about Kansas. Right, right, like that they're the. They really haven't played a great schedule. I, I'm I'm in on Iowa State this week. I am staying away from Iowa as far as being too confident yeah. either way. I, Iowa State has something that travels, and that's a defense. And I just don't think that Kansas has seen anything like the heat and smoke that Iowa State's going to bring defensively this game. I, Kansas's quarterback is so much fun to watch. But it's not like Iowa State's defenders haven't seen something-ish like that. 
right? So and, and unless the guy is just the, the next coming of the, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, which I don't know that he is yet. I like Iowa State to win this game outright. It's reflective in many of the uh, small parlays that I have made. Um, I, I, I do have like one that has Kansas in it, but it's like, you know, I didn't want to put all my eggs in Iowa State's basket. But again, we're, these are like appropriately wagered parlays, like $10 parlays. Um, as for Iowa. $40 on an 18-teamer. Eight, eight <laughs> Life-changing money, son. Um, so as for Iowa, I have one $10 parlay that has Iowa on the money line, Illinois on the money line, and a couple of under underdogs on the money line. But in like legit, real put, you know, John, you have to make this right call. Otherwise, you can't pay your mortgage next month. I'm taking Michigan and I'm laying the 10 and a half points. I think Michigan wins by somewhere between 14 to 17. I did listen to your podcast yesterday with Hassel. I caught a little bit of it. And I one of you made the comment that, you know, you're starting to think about Iowa and, you know, this is Jim Harbaugh. This is where top five teams go to die and all that stuff. History does not wear a uniform this coming Saturday for one for two um, recent history with many of the same players. We saw this game 42 to three. Now, not everyone's still back. I don't see how Iowa gets to 13 points unless the defense does it maybe 17 at the highest. And I don't see how Michigan doesn't at least get to 30. Hmm. Okay. I just, I think the Iowa defense will be on the field too much. So I think it's going to be something like 30 to 13, maybe 27, 10, 27, 13, either way. If you made me wager it, it I would take Michigan and lay the points. Last last question for me, and then we got to go. The the Keegan Johnson thing's so weird to me. Like, yeah, do you think they'll ever play for Iowa? Like, because it's like he it's played he getting, played two games ago. Yeah, I know, but now he's back out, and it seems fairly cryptic. Like the stuff that Kirk's saying about guys and playing trying to play through injuries and stuff like i don't know it just is weird to me he's their best offensive player in my mind he is he is i'll I'll say this i I do believe um as as bad as iowa's offense is and all those gallows humor points aside i do believe that kirk ferentz has the best interest of his players at heart and he's not going to put them in a position where they can't give their best effort and I don't think that Keegan is at a position right now where he can. So I don't know when his timetable is at all. God, but, that would uh, help. I yeah. mean, he it would. He's yeah. I was blown away by him at times last year. That it, it would certainly help. have him on the field. All right, uh, John. We'll look forward to your commentary on Sunday, Hawkeye Sunday. Best of luck on the uh, the parways. I'll keep you posted. Get me added on that Action Network. I want to track okay. this. I'll check it out. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks to Prairie Meadows for sponsoring us here on Iowa Everywhere. Tell your friends, everybody. Have a great weekend. Iowa everywhere.